democracy now. Um, you know, the, the democracy now receives uh, a significant chunk of its funding from uh, the Glazer Progress Foundation, which is the non-profit arm of facial recognition vendor real networks. Um, which has made millions through selling its facial recognition for use uh, for use by the U.S. Air Force, uh, and is used in like drone strikes. Uh, I mean, it's it's, it's 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 quite remarkable. I mean, and I think that within that context, it, you know, it, it, it's very easy to recruit. I mean, you know, I mean, we were just been talking about the U.S. In a place like Georgia, where you know about a quarter of the population, or maybe a fifth now, like lives under the you know under the poverty line. Um, you know, uh, throwing throwing a few dollars at people um, is you know a, a very easy easy thing to do. I mean, we saw this in in Syria, where you know, Britain, primarily Britain, um, you know, funded uh, a large number of quote unquote citizen journalists, uh, you know, outlets and you know and and uh, opposition activists, uh, uh, and they were you know very easily very very easily recruited. And you know, it's the same in it's the, it's the same it's the same again, like you know, in 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 Serbia. And like you know, re- over the past year, like Serbia's been in a, a similarly kind of invidious position because you know they are the, 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 the one of one of the few remaining countries in Europe that's neither a member of NATO or the EU, and it ha- you know it, it is. But the government has voted to condemn Russia at the UN, but it hasn't sanctioned Russia, which again would be you know very damaging um, to its economy and also the, the population wouldn't have it because they are you know they're very they're very pro-Russian. Um, and and there have been over the yeah like kind of over the past twelve months I can think of you know multiple examples of um, of what seemed like attempts to foment you know major unrest here but because of their experience with Opor in two thousand you know Serbs are very wise to this and they're choosing the hill they die on or the hills they die on very very carefully because they know that you know if they end up you know engaging in in violent clashes. Uh, with authorities or other, or you know, other kind of U.S. directed and funded pro- you know, protesters, um, then this could be used as you know a pretext for any any, you know, any amount of you know direct um, you know intervention uh, or, or sanctions or you know all, that, all these other kind of punitive measures. So that they're 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 being very cautious. Um, a particularly obvious example of this was um, like in September. A European Pride uh, parade made a, a, a an application to you know to hold hold, hold a march um, in in Belgrade. The city council um, blocked it. I think that was due to pressure from um, the the, uh, the, the the Orthodox Church here. Um, but then they went ahead and did it anyway. And like the, people were quite angry, not because there was a pride parade, but because their government had basically just been overruled, you know, from overseas um, a, a, again. And like there, there was, there were some clashes afterwards, but it was very, very low key. I suspect if they didn't, if, if they weren't super wary of, um, of uh, you know, adv- adverse consequences, it would have been, would have been a lot more fiery and a lot more widespread. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is this is a problem that a lot of countries in this part of the world. I mean, Armenia, another one which seems, you know, perilously close to being invaded by Turkey or you know, and Azerbaijan at any given moment. Uh, you, you know that that is another another you know, former Soviet country that has a a close relation, you know, economic, political, diplomatic relationship with Russia that it wants to preserve, and is you know struggling to due to yeah you know due to uh, a, a uh, this kind of very similar you're either with us or you're with the terrorist type you know, you know type mentality with with all things Russia. I mean yeah. like you know Moldova, which has you know a this a a significant proportion of its population is pro-Russian. I mean of course you know the, the other proportion isn't, but the I mean the, the current government is. Is as pro-Western as as it's possible to be, 
in, in, you know, in, in most you know, key regards. It openly, uh, lawmakers discussed potentially reopening flights to and from Russia because that's you know an important uh, 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 you know, source of of income for them, you know, one way or another. And they were openly threatened by the US and the EU. They openly said, like, you know, if you do this, there will be consequences. And I, I mean, you know, the, 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 the kind of ironic upshot of this is that it is, you know, it is feeding the Kremlin talking points on a plate. Russia argues, uh, both reasonably, you know, quite reasonably, you know, uh, that you know, if you join the EU and NATO, then you're so, then you are no longer a sovereign country, and then you are you are effectively, you know, a US vassal, uh, or yeah, like a, an EU vassal. And like it, 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 we are seeing like every day examples of this in you know, like in real time. It's, yeah. it's quite remarkable. Yeah, I gotta. I want to ask: Is there? Do you think that there are any Russian contingency plans? I mean, there's this alliance uh, security agreement that Russia has with some of the other you know countries in the region uh, to for, to specifically deal with these kinds of things. Like with the in Kazakhstan, when um, recently when there were there was a weird sort of Islamist uh, uprising, mini coup, and then Russia ends up actually intervening at the request of the government. Do you think that there are? Is there any chance that Georgia Dream is uh, has contingency plans with Russia, and if if suddenly things escalate? Uh, to avoid, uh, you know, any kind of Maidan scenario. I mean, the Maidan thing was like slower building. So you, you really see that that was a huge operation with a lot of planning, but the Kazakhstan thing seems to have been um, related to the, to those, these sorts of operations, but more blunt uh, and maybe because of desperation on the, on the U S uh, is there any, do you think that Russia is, would, would, in, would, intervene to try to nip something like this in the bud rather than allow a, a, a hostile regime to take over in Georgia? I mean, well, it, it would be, it would be, it would be, un, 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 I mean, I, I think that, that, that would trigger a Russian response. I mean, there are, as I said, as I mentioned, that, you know, a, a significant um, number of um, Russian peacekeepers in Georgia, you know, as, a, you know, as it stands. Um, I mean, and again, they are, they're on high, they are on higher, high alert for, you know, provocations or, I mean, you know, the 2008 war started by, you know, with, with Sakashvili shelling, um, uh, civilian areas, and even though the you know, the, the EU an EU investigation found that the you know, the Georgians struck first, it, it, you, you, you on any list of you know like Russian aggression in, in recent years, like you know the, the the invasion of Georgia, even though they were already there, um, is cited as one. So yeah, I mean, I think that if if there, if there is a color revolution in Georgia, which I mean, it, it actually probably could be any day now, really. Um, uh, that yeah, that that would trigger a response in terms of like a full full invasion. Um, you know. Pop, Probably not, and you know, I mean, I think that the Russians—they they, they, they wouldn't need to, probably, right? I mean, it wouldn't be—it's they would—they would not likely need to do anything like that because it's not like Georgia has been built up the way that Ukraine was over eight years. Yeah, but it's just—I mean, it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's remarkable that, that, that there are some contemporary reports from the um, from Mark Ames of the Exiled, um, you know, as, as he as he then was. Uh, on the on the Russia Georgian war, and he 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 made the argument that this this marked the end of the American Empire because you know he was walking around um, you know in in the immediate aftermath of this, and it was just lots of American equipment like you know like lying around you know damaged or broken like you know all of the the the, the Georgian military 
whose uniforms were all um you know american made and and and, and whatnot and i know just yeah that like it, 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 what's interesting though is that 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 conflict seems to have um dented uh the the u.s desire to create a you know effective you know military a, 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 a military adjutant on um on russia's borders they seem to have become much more focused on ukraine um after this uh i mean yeah the level the <clears throat> The level of um, you know assistance given by the U.S. but also um, uh, Britain in in uh, you know post Maidan uh, is is absolutely remarkable. Like you know they were building a huge um, and extremely well armed, trained and equipped army in in Ukraine, which has already been destroyed. Yeah. Uh, I think I, I, there's a there's there's a um, a commentator called Will Shriver. I think that's is how you pronounce his name. Who um, he makes the argument that Russia's effectively beaten three armies now. Yeah. It's like it's, it's gone through the original Ukrainian force. It's got it's gone through a second um, military, which was you know in, which was about fifty percent foreign, and now it's on its third, and that seems to be on its last legs as well. Um, yeah, it does so, seem like yeah. a, it does seem to be going badly there. And if we go back to at least it takes us to your other recent article, the one that is at Mimpress, um, yes. which is uh, uh, the title of its rigorous made uh, rigorous. Maidan massacre expose suppressed by top academic journal, and so we've been talking about the color revolutions and the the NED aspect and the sort of soft side of the U.S. over regime change machine, but in Ukraine it has to be remembered that uh, with Maidan you get the violence as as well the horrific violence. And to my mind, this is all like this is all just a, a a supercharged version of like what they did in like Iran in 1953. You have the the basic elements: the the street crowds ginned up with money uh, from this from the uh, intelligence services. You have bought off key officials. You have false flag violence. You know, in uh, in Iran, they had these uh, Islam warriors of Islam pretend to be communists and blow up mosques. Uh, and uh, mm -hmm. in order to, um, you know, damage most the Mossadegh government. But in Ukraine, you had these snipers. And this is what um, a professor, Ivan Kachanovsky, Ukrainian-Canadian political scientist at the University of Ottawa, he's compiled, you know, painstakingly all of this information about these uh, shootings and uh, in Maidan that were really pivotal in bringing about the outcome of the denouement of the whole affair uh which you know involved the uh president you know leaving that was just an excerpt from the american exception podcast to hear the whole episode as well as archived and new episodes please subscribe to the american exception podcast at patreon there's a link in the show notes or you can just go to patreon.com slash american exception subscribe and you can join us as we illuminate the dark side of the u.s empire